Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast and happy new year. Welcome to 2024. Welcome to your new season. I am so excited for what God has in store. And we're going to have a year full of so much goodness on the God's Vibes podcast. So if you didn't know, we do Tune In Tuesday. So we often have a teaching some sort of practical application of biblical truth, how you can apply God's word to your life, how you can grow and mature in Christ. We do this every Tuesday. So subscribe so you can tune in every Tuesday. We also have the God's Vibes Hotline. So these are days where we share coaching live on the podcast. So you have an opportunity to get coached for free on the podcast. And all you got to do is schedule it. You can fill out a form. I'll put it in the show notes. It's called the God's Vibes Hotline. It is this podcast, God's Vibes. But the days that we share that, it's the God's Vibes Hotline. So you can fill out a form and get coached live with me on the podcast. And for privacy, we'll only use first names and we'll just say what the coaching is about so that you can listen to these episodes and receive that coaching for yourself as well. And you'll learn through this the power of even just witnessing and experiencing other people get coached. So go ahead. If you want to get some free coaching and you want to get coached on the podcast, you can fill out the form to do that. We also will have different guest interviews. We still have a lineup of folks to be sharing here on the podcast. So, so much goodness to come. If you do want to hear something specific on the podcast, we would love to hear from you as well, because we are truly here to serve you. So you can go to julianapage.com slash contact and share what it is that you would like to hear. If there's a topic that you're struggling with, if there is a challenging situation that you found yourself in, if you really just need support in an area of your life, whether this is spirituality, relationships, entrepreneurship, whatever it happens to be, you can submit those questions over at julianapage.com slash contact. All right, so make sure that you subscribe. You can also rate the podcast five stars, leave a review, and then we'll send you the 30-day God's Vibes Matter devotional. So you can also grab that over at www.julianapage.com slash podcast. So if you have subscribed and rated the podcast five stars and left a review, make sure that you do also go claim your devotional. All right, so let's dive into this message. What I thought that we could talk about today were a few things, a few things that you could position yourself to do to really start on the right foot this year. Because one thing is for sure, it is not promised that when you have a new year, you have a new you. Yes, God's mercies are new every single day. So you get opportunities to embrace God's newness every day. But there's not a new you if you keep doing and practicing old patterns and old behaviors and old thoughts and beliefs, right? All you're doing is bringing an old you into a new year, into a new day. So this is a really big deal, all right? So I thought we could go through three specific things that you could be focusing on at the start of your year, okay? So first and foremost, this is almost a caution or a warning, something to be very aware of. We live in a world just by being on social media, by, you know, being around another human, (laughs) um, interacting with other humans, right? We live in a world where it is so easy 
to get offended multiple times, even in just one hour, not in a day, in one hour. And if we're not careful, if we're not full of the spirit of God, if we're not full of love, if we're not in tune with God's word, his will, his ways, we are just as likely to become offended as somebody that doesn't know God. Okay. And offense is one of the ways that the enemy tries to choke your life. Okay. And prevent you from moving forward. So this is so, so important. I recently was having a conversation with someone and they said to me, I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Like they have had the privilege of witnessing some of the things that I deal with behind the scenes. Some of the things that people say, in email, uh, some of the things that people say through messages, some of the things that people just feel like they have entitlement, privilege, audacity to share. And a lot of these things can be mean, they can be hateful, completely unjustified, right? But they're awful. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) This person watches this happen and they're thinking about what they would do in that situation. They would try to match that person's energy that was hateful and mean, right? Or they would try to show them a piece of their mind or put them in their place. Now, here's my response. I choose (laughs) biblical truth and biblical wisdom, okay? This tells me a couple things. One, don't cast your pearl before swine. Big one, okay? That lets me know not everyone can hear me, okay? And that wisdom right, is not a companion of fools. So a fool is not going to be open and available to hear sound counselor wisdom. So why would I waste my words? Okay. Now, also, you don't overcome offense with more offense, more anger, more frustration, more fuel to the fire. You actually overcome it with love. So my choice is professionalism. My choice is God's heart, right? And my choice is not to match energy or go to somebody's level, but to encourage them to come up higher. It's it's done in such a way where, yes, there's grace. This is for sure Holy Spirit empowered, <laughs> which is why you need to be full of the Spirit. And it's also applying wisdom, okay? So I will meet somebody with professionalism. I will meet somebody with love, and I will give them an opportunity to come higher. But what I'm not going to do is get offended and make that mean something about me. I'm not going to internalize those words because they don't know me, and that has actually nothing to do with me. And I'm going to give them an opportunity to come up higher. But what I'm not going to do is go to their level. What I'm not going to do is be a companion of a fool. What I'm not going to do is entertain lesser things. I don't have time for that, and that is not something that I am committed to or investing in with me. So I share this story. Now, there could be so many examples, but for privacy, I'm not going to share all of those, right, to respect people that that do things like that and still listen to the podcast, right? Uh, So interesting thing for you, just to be aware of, do your best And these things that we're going to go through are are ways that you can do your best on this, practical ways to live unoffendable. Live unoffendable. There's been teaching. I've even seen this come from pastors where they're like, I'm done being kind. I'm done, you know, taking the high road. You know, I'm going to match people's energy. And I'm like, careful, careful. Like you are in a position of leading people. 
right? And you're teaching them to match energy. That's actually not biblical. That's not sound. That's not wise. That's not mature. Okay, so yes, you have an opportunity to get offended, but it leads to corruption. It creates corruption in your soul. Okay, and when you give your power away like that, what's happening is you are drained of life, you lose your focus, and you become like the fool. So be wise and discerning. This is an attempt of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. And it's so, so easy to choose it every day. You have so many opportunities to get offended, but you need to be on the offensive and make sure that you're prayed up, that you're full of life and you're full of love and you're flowing in the spirit of God. Because when you're not, temptations will come, okay? And when God provides the way of escape, you might miss it because of what you've trained. Do you want to train your offense so that you're always offended, (laughs) right? Do you want to always be frustrated? Do you want to always be anxious? Do you want to always be annoyed? Do you want to be easily moved? These are choices. So I want to just highlight this and caution and provide this encouragement as a warning. This is something that is so easy to not think about as a big deal, but it's a huge deal. And when you have low energy, this could often be a reason why. Okay, so let's move in a little bit here to some things that you can start doing this year to make sure that you're strong and very courageous. All right. So one of the things when we talk about a new year, right, is behold, God is doing a new thing. Right. So this is uh, super important. Um, Let me (laughs) grab the actual scripture. so that you actually have it here in front of you. It's from Isaiah 43, 18, okay? Do not call to mind the former things or ponder things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Okay. So I had somebody recently asked me, like, tell me how you would interpret this word. Like, I really feel like God was highlighting this word for my new season. Like, how would you break that down and apply it to your life? And I love that question because when you actually have this heart to learn and have, you know, this childlike wonder about it, you actually learn. Okay. So here's what I would do with this verse. One, right? A lot of times, too, in different versions, it just says, behold, I am doing a new thing. And you're like, yay, God. (laughs) God is doing a new thing. It's amazing, right? This is conditional, okay? So yes, God is doing a new thing. Yes, God has good plans, plans that he planned in advance, right? That you might walk in them, okay? And these are out ahead of you. However, the condition, what is he saying? God has a part, okay? You have a part. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. So in another version, it says forget the former things. Now, if you've ever tried to forget something, (laughs) you might notice that all you get are opportunities to remember the thing you're trying to forget. So what does that tell you? In order to forget something, you have to deliberately focus on 
a new thing. You have to deliberately focus on the thing that you do want versus what you don't want, okay? So in this version, it's saying, do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past, okay? So the enemy, especially when we set our minds to say that, you know, I'm letting this go in 2023 and I'm focusing on this in 2024. It's almost like the minute the clock strikes midnight, (laughs) you get the opportunity to focus on that old thing again. and, And it's like, are you sure? So here's what you do. The former things, you have to decide that you release them and you might have to keep releasing them. That's often what we have to do with forgiveness as well. When it comes up, you release it, you release it, you release it, okay? But then you have to replace it. So you have to actually do Habakkuk here, right? You've got to do Habakkuk 2.2. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets that you might run with it, okay? So writing the vision and making it plain, This is getting clear on what the new things are, okay? So let's get specific about where those new things are as well, okay? So God is doing something new, but he actually highlights where he's doing new things. It says that he's going to do a new thing. He's going to make a way in your wilderness. So check out your life. Where has there been a wilderness? Where have you felt like you're just bringing out a machete and you're just trying to like whack through a forest, right? Like, (laughs) or a jungle. Where has it felt like that in your life where you're just like, in a mess that you have no idea how to get out of. God is going to make a way in those places in your life. What might that look like for you if God made a way there, right? So identify the places where it's been a wilderness for you and then get clear. Actually dream it up because God can do far more exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond all you dare ask, think, or imagine. But if you don't even dare to think about it or imagine it, and you don't even get clear on it, how can you even ask for it or create space for God to work? Okay, now this is hard and this requires faith and I'm not gonna minimize that, but it takes what it takes. It's hard because you've likely been hurt before. It's hard because when a wilderness is all you know, it takes a lot to actually dare to hope for something or dare to imagine something good happening. We think that it's easier to just protect our heart or to not get our hopes up or not get our expectations up because then we can't be hurt. But the lie in that is you don't live. You just live a slow death every single day. That is not God's will for you. So identify these areas that have been a wilderness in your life. Has it been your career? Has it been your relationship? Has it been your finances? Where has your wilderness been? And if God made a way there, what would that look like? Now, the other thing that he said that he'll do is he's going to make rivers in your desert. Okay, so with that identify where it's been dry, where it's been sun scorched, (laughs) where there's been no life, you know, what areas have been like a desert for you? You know, what has not been flowing? God is going to bring rivers into those dry places. Okay, so in your business, maybe there's a rush of clients that God brings in. Maybe there's a rush of finance that God makes available for you. Maybe it's in your relationships where you didn't have relationships and God puts you in healthy community, right? Maybe it's you haven't had tools and strategies and blueprints and a lot of practice or a safe space to practice 
development. Maybe you haven't developed, like you've been a dry place. Maybe God wants to bring you to life and revive you, right? Revival, when the church often talks about it, revival happens in you before it happens outside of you. Okay, so revival is meant to happen in us through encounters with God, and it's not supposed to stop with us. We are meant to release, right, these encounters that we've experienced with other people and keep it going like a wildfire, right? But a lot of times it stops with us, unfortunately. Okay, so here's the thing. Partner these verses together. Yes, God is doing a new thing, but take it this way. If... God did the new thing already, would you be able to recognize it? How would you know? You've got to get clear. Okay, so I was talking with a dear friend just the other day. She is somebody that very much desires to be married. She even had a prophetic word given to her about her marriage when she was very, very young. Okay, however, she is still single. And she is happy. She is living in her purpose. She's literally enjoying her life and thriving. However, this is still a deep desire and secret petition of her heart. But what has been the challenge here is that she's had more faith in things like, what if it's never going to happen? What if that's just true for other people, but not for me? What if I'm, you know, past my time, right? Why hasn't it happened yet? Why am I not worthy or deserving of this? Okay, now pull back from that. If those are the questions and the deep fears that are going on, often what we do is we push them down, we avoid them, right? We try to not think about them, which means we only think about them more (laughs) and usually obsess over them. And then we just start to get crazy about it. Okay, but what it's exposing is there's more faith in why it's not going to happen, why it's too far gone, right? There's more faith in it not working than it working and like it's a done thing, a done deal, okay? So my encouragement was to have the courage to literally write down what would it be like to meet your husband, What would he add to your life? What would you do? How would your life be different? How would you guys partner? What things would you guys create together, right? What would that be like? What are some of the favorite things that you're looking forward to? Now, the interesting thing about that is that's not what she was trained in doing, okay? She was trained on more so thinking about why is it, why hasn't it happened? When is it gonna happen? What if it never happens? She's lived there, but she hasn't entertained, hold up, God is doing a new thing in my relationship. He's doing a new thing here, right? And if it's inevitable, if I am going to be found by my husband, right, what would I be doing? Like if I already am a wife that a husband will find, right, what would I be doing? Okay, so when you think about that scripture, right, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He finds favor with the Lord. So what that means is the wife is hidden, right? God has to expose or bring or highlight to a husband who his wife is. But she's not out here being desperate. She's not out here like searching. She's not out here pursuing, right? She is living in her purpose and being happy 
and available for that to happen, but not desperately seeking and trying to pursue and make it happen. She's just presenting who she is to the world and available for it, but not desperate for it. And then the man would pursue and find her. And God, the divine orchestrator, right? The creator of the universe is masterful in orchestrating these things. But be it unto you according to your faith. So a really powerful thing and how you take this, right? Behold, God is doing a new thing. Okay, great. What would it mean for God to fulfill that promise to me? Like if that promise were inevitable, what would I be thinking? How would I be feeling? How would I be living my life? What would I be doing? Okay, so I like to think too, a great way to squash that fear and that desperation is to be married to purpose. When you are married to something, then you're not trying to be married, (laughs) right? When you are God's wife, right? When you are committed to God, then that is something that is more important to you than just having a need or a desire instant gratification met. Hopefully you can hear this, okay? So in this case, right, taking this verse, okay, if I weren't going to remember those questions anymore, if I were going to just let those questions be gone and God were to make a way in my wilderness, delight my heart, make rivers in this relationship desert, what would that be like, right? And then I can ask for it. And then I can ask God to help me prepare for that. Ask God to help me keep my focus, Ask God to orchestrate that in the perfect way and in the perfect time. And then I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to obsess over it. I'm going to do my part. And then I'm going to let God do the filling in of the gap, the timing, the how, all of that part. My job is to just say, God, I am ready for this. This is actually what I want. I'm bold enough to ask you and believe that you can do this or something better. Okay, and I'm tracking like he's doing it. So I'm not going to worry about it. Like if God is working, I'm not going to (laughs) worry. Okay, so you can do a similar thing, whether this is with your business, right? You know, that's been true for me before. I had to kill a business and it made no sense. Zero sense. I shared this on one of our masterclasses or challenges, right? And shocking because people don't think that you go through anything, strangely enough. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to kill a business and it wasn't because it wasn't thriving. It wasn't because it's what I knew I was gifted and called to do. None of that was true. It was just I knew what I heard and I heard that I had to literally kill it. It's like the Abraham Isaac kind of a moment. And that was so, so challenging for me and I had no backup plan and it made no sense at the time. In hindsight, it made a lot of sense, but it made no sense at the time. And so on my journey, especially professionally, I've battled so many questions, a lot of trauma, actually, um, a lot of hard things. And so it was really difficult to dream and imagine with God again in that area of my life. Right. And trust him again. Try again. You know, like, ooh, that was so painful that I don't want to try again because I don't want to live in that pain again. But a lot of times, especially in entrepreneurship, pain is a massive part of it. Problems and pain are just things that you get accustomed with dealing with, right? You just get better at growing through them and facing them and being prepared for them versus letting them break you or take you out or distract you or disappoint and discourage you. You know, you just allow it to 
strengthen your resolve and your focus and your devotion to what matters most, right? You actually become very strong and very courageous in the Lord the more that you're tested, tried, and purified. So write the vision and make it plain. Like you will, you will remember former things and you will practice new or old patterns if you don't create new ones and embrace new ones intentionally. And unless you make a new plain vision, your old vision is still stronger. So you've got to make sure that you are aware of what these new things would look like. What would it look like for God to make a way in your wilderness and to make rivers in your desert? If he were just to start flowing in these dry areas, right? That's just so crazy. You can't even believe that he would do that. But nevertheless, if he did, what would that look like? What would that feel like? How would you show up? How would you relate with those things? How would you recognize those things? How would you steward those things? And then what you do is you start practically doing that now. That is your preparation. That is your training. That is your maturity. That is your character building. That's your capacity building. Okay. That's just one verse. And what we're doing with this is we are meditating on it. So meditation in a new age perspective or in just like the spiritual that people might talk about is emptying your mind. But biblical meditation is filling your mind. It's filling your mind with the truth. It's breaking it down so that you can digest it. So you can literally chew on it, (laughs) digest it, embrace it, and make sure that it's clear and personal and real for you so that you can run after that thing. And then when it's challenged, you declare it. So when an old thing comes up, I cancel it in Jesus name. And I thank you, God, that you are the God that does a new thing in my life. You are always doing new things. I thank you, God, that every sun scorched dry place in my life, you flow rivers of your living water into those areas and make them abundant. You make those areas testimonies of what's possible with you in Jesus name, God. And I thank you that you make a way in my wilderness. You are the God that makes a way out of nothing and out of no way. You are the God that makes a way in Jesus name. Okay, so instead of just sitting and taking it, letting your mind just wander, no, this wandering mind, this unfocused mind is the devil's playground and he will have a heyday in your mind unless you cancel it. You actually take that thought captive, you rebuke it, you renounce it and you replace it and you decree and declare and establish with your authority what is true. But you won't have the energy and momentum to do that if you've not actually meditated on that word, broken it down and made it real and relatable for you. And your faith pleases God. You want to delight God and please his heart? Get your faith out for something far out. Make it plain. So plain that you get amped about it. Like you actually get excited about it. Like metaphorically, the baby in you leaps, right? You want to actually get that level of excited. But when you've been hurt, when you've been traumatized, when you've really suffered much, yes, it's hard. But now what? Like enough is enough. Like you're done being blocked. You're done being stuck. You're done not even taking a step. Take a step. Try again. Try again. Get clear. Take action and release that vision to God. Commit it to God. Trust that he is and he has, right? Done more than you can dare ask, think, or imagine. And be ready for it. We spend so much time talking about what's not happening and what's not working, right? That we're not even ready for the thing that we're preparing, that we're praying for. Well, we should, (laughs) 
<laughs> in all honesty, be preparing for it so that when it gets here, we don't just get it, but we can actually keep it and steward it well. You know, a lot of times people pray for connections. Don't just pray for the connection or for the door to open. Like pray for it, one, to be a door that, you know, God opens. You don't want just any door. Two, pray to be the person that can stay in the room and steward it well. Because you can get into the room, but you can lose it real quick. (laughs) Okay, so think more about if you already had what you desired, who would you be? Start being that person now. Like, if you want to be a wife, act like a wife now. Like, stop trying to go chase after a man. Stop trying to act desperate, right? To be seen, to be shown in some kind of way. Like, for example, a man can know... (laughs) (laughs) That that's not a wife. Okay? Wife material shows up different than just somebody that's not. It just is what it is, right? So make sure that you are thinking like a wife. You are behaving like one. If that's what you desire, right? If you're a CEO, a big jump is going from an employee mindset to a CEO mindset. Start training yourself for that now. Start embracing the job or the career that's in your life now for what it's training you about running your own thing, if that's what you're led to do. Okay? So that is meditating on the word. Okay? It's working that word. <laughs> Making that word real and practical for you in your life. Okay. Now, another thing that's going to be a really big deal, and I know that we don't always think about this or in the moment, this is like a really hard thing to stretch for, but I've discovered this powerful secret and I want to share this with you because it literally has changed my life. And it's so easy, like I said, to not do. Okay, but this is the power of confessing God's word out loud. Okay, now I wasn't a woman of the word. I wasn't raised to read the word, speak the word, none of those things. And I was also very quiet. So even when I would pray, like I wouldn't pray out loud. I didn't really even know how to pray. (laughs) So I'd write things down or I just think things in my mind. But a huge shift when I started actually speaking things out of my mouth. And then it went from like weak little quiet prayers to these like bold, audacious, um, serious prayers, right? (laughs) Like you mess with the wrong person kind of prayers, okay? So what can happen in the world that we live in? Negativity is the norm. Darkness is the norm in the world that we live in. But that's not what we are designed to live in as a kingdom ambassador. We're not from the world. Okay, so we don't need to give into that negativity. And if we don't expect anything good to happen to us, then we're, you know, we think that we're not going to be disappointed, right, when it doesn't happen. But it's a huge lie. This is a really destructive problem just of being negative. And we have to do a lot, a lot, a lot of work in how we are thinking and how we are speaking. We have to be careful, not just to not speak negatively, but we have to also speak what it is that we desire. So basically, we can be afraid of bad things happening to us. We can speak negative right? And just be so consumed on what's happening in our circumstances and in our season, right? But then maybe we realize that we're over that and then we just stop 
talking, okay? <clears throat> but then what we're not doing is we're not replacing the negative with the truth, okay? And it's good to stop doing the wrong things, but the real harvest comes in our lives when we plant seeds by doing the right things and by speaking the right things, okay? So we need to actually, something that's a really powerful thing to do is to compile a confession list, okay? And this list is scriptures from God's word, and changes that you want to see happen in your life, okay? And you need to make sure that everything that you're planning to confess is in agreement with God's word. So you could have a scripture to back up all of your confessions. So we do have a 52-card declaration deck, for example, that has a scripture on one side and a declaration of that scripture or truth on the other side. So that's a great thing. You can get the declaration deck. It's Juliana Page. The declaration cards, you can find it julianapage.com slash books, or it's on Amazon as well. But that's a great thing just to have those with you and be confessing that all the time. But use this list and speak it multiple times a day. So I like to write down pages of prayers and I just read them every day. So I'm literally telling my spirit what's up. I'm making sure that my soul is going to listen to what I am reading, right? And then I also have a confession list. And I think that that's really, really important because you can honestly start to see the difference about where wonderful changes start happening in your life. And it has everything to do with what you are believing and what you are confessing. Okay. Romans 4.17 states that God speaks life to the dead and calls non-existent things as if they already existed. We need to begin doing the same thing. Call those things that did not yet exist in your life into being by confessing God's word. Okay. And you've got to really confess God's word. They're not just things that you desire and what you want. Like the world might just talk about your vision board. So this isn't just your best life. Okay. And your vision board and what you want. You've got to make sure that this really aligns with God's word. So sort of what we did there in breaking down that scripture, if you get plain on what that would mean for you personally, then you declare that scripture with more power. Okay, so as we believe and confess God's word, we are setting ourselves in agreement with God for his plan to come to pass in our lives. Okay, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot defeat a Goliath with your mouth shut. Right? You just can't. We all have enemies or giants in our lives that need to be defeated. First Samuel 17, 42 through 48 tells us that when David was preparing to do battle with the giant Goliath, he ran towards him, confessing out loud what he believed the end result of the battle would be. I don't know if you've heard it explained this way, but it's so powerful. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ranks of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and cut off your head. And I will give the corpses of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I mean, he told Goliath, what's up? <laughs> right? We can easily see from David's example how we should approach the enemies that we face in our own lives. We must open our mouth and speak God's word. He prophesied the end result from the beginning of the event. So sure, he was facing a really intimidating situation. 
right? But he wasn't thinking like the other people around him. Oh my God, look how huge this is. There's no way that you would ever be able to take out that giant. And David's like bigger target. <laughs> God's got it, right? Isaiah 46, 9 says, earnestly remember the former things which I did of old. For I am God and there is no one else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end and the result from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and purpose. Isaiah 48, 6 says, You've heard these things foretold. Now you see this fulfillment and you will not bear witness to it. I show you specified new things from this time forth, even hidden things kept in reserve, which you have not known. They are created now, called into being by the prophetic word. So powerful. We have to, when we're facing situations, confess God's truth. Don't let the situation manipulate you. Do not be manipulated by fear. Decide in advance what you're going to do. Fear will come. Problems will come. Uncomfortable situations will come. What will you do? No matter what, I'm going to be faithful to God. No matter what, I'm going to confess God's word, which means I got to store the word up in my heart and meditate on it day and night like the word says. So I'm found ready, right? I'm going to represent God well, okay? I had a interesting job that I was at for eight years and there was lots of fun situations there, <laughs> But one particular person in that space showed up in a very unsettling way every single day. But the consistent thing was that this person was not going to show up in a healthy way ever. That was what was consistent. So instead of being anxious about that, instead of being bothered by that, I finally learned to just accept that's how this person is wired. That's how this person wants to keep showing up because that's what they keep demonstrating. So rather than letting that bother me, I am determined to be excellent no matter what. I am determined to live unoffendable. I am determined to do great work here as unto the Lord, not this person. And I'm not going to be disturbed and I'm not going to play into it. And I'm not going to be manipulated by it. Okay. And by God's grace, that becomes possible. But we've got to decide in advance. We can't just bank on being able to do that blind, right? We've got to prepare in advance. And that's why we stay prayed up. Now, the other thing that you might not know is that we have ministering angels. So we have angels available to help us and they hearken to the voice of God's word. It says in Hebrews 1.14, are not the angels all ministering spirits or servants sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? What? <laughs> Psalm 103, 20 says, Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. This is exciting. <laughs> when we confess God's word out loud, the angels hear it and go to work for us. That's why we've got to actually confess the word. It's easy to see we can't defeat the enemy unless we wield the two-edged sword of God's word. As David ran toward Goliath, not away from him, the word was going forth out of his mouth and angels were activated to assist him. Powerful. 
The angels are not activated by our complaining, by our murmuring, by our doubting, and by our unbelief. So I like to say complain and remain. (laughs) Why am I still here? Why is it not working? Listen to you. What are you confessing? What do you actually have faith for? That's why. Okay? The angels want to work on our behalf, and that is their assignment from God. But we need to release them by speaking or praying God's word. Okay? So just as we need natural disciplines in our life, such as the discipline to work and disciplines concerning our diet and our appetite, our finances, our relationships, and so on, right? We also need spiritual disciplines such as prayer, Bible study, and confessing God's word out loud. And here's the thing, we may not always want to, okay, but as we discipline ourselves to do these things, they will become habits. I am somebody who values taking care of the vessel God gave me, okay? So I work out, but this isn't even something that I think about or that I give a whole lot of energy to. I literally just have predetermined that I'm going to work out and move my body for at least 30 minutes every day. Doesn't have to be the same time every day, but I'm going to do it every single day. And I don't make it complicated. I just have a made up mind. (laughs) And it gets done. But I don't make it complicated. And I've made it so it's easy for me to show up. So I built a garage gym. Conveniently, this was before the pandemic. And I can just walk in there, do my workout, shower, move on with it. Like it doesn't need to be a drastic thing. And like that has been such a gift to give myself that time. Right. But I don't make it complicated. I've just decided that that's what I'm going to do. And that's just how I live my life. It's just part of my life. But the same is true when you build these disciplines in your life. You decide that you're going to spend time with God daily. You decide that you're going to value his word in your life because the word is power to change your life, transform your life. Right. It's your ability to live above problems. Hello. (laughs) It's your ability to fulfill your destiny. This is a big deal, right? So you decide to build disciplines in your life that serve you. When you do this, you'll see good results just as we see good results from any other discipline that's applied over time. So when working out, for example, you don't see changes a lot of time in 30 days. But man, if somebody works out for an entire year and cultivates that as a routine and part of their lifestyle, you see it. They drop the weight, they improve their diet, they glow, they are happier humans, they have more energy, they're more active. You see it, but you don't see that in 30 days. So doing something good one time does not produce long-lasting good results. And the same is true. You don't pray once (laughs) and become a prayer warrior, right? You don't pray once and see a breakthrough. Discipline doesn't produce immediate joy, but... It is an investment that will pay great dividends in due time. It says that in Hebrews 12, 11. So I strongly encourage you this year to make it your practice to confess the word of God out loud daily, even two or three times a day or throughout the day as the Holy Spirit prompts you to do so. Okay, you can make your confession list in your notes if you have an iPhone or you can put it you know, just on your phone. You can go through it different times of the day, right? You can have it on your computer if you want to do that and like use the app and read it from there. You can have it on a piece of paper, but you can actually confess these things and make them stronger every single day. 
And each time a thought comes to you that does not agree with God's word, confess the truth of God's word out loud and you will find the wrong thought disappearing. 2 Corinthians 10.4 teaches us that our weapons are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds in our mind, casting down imaginations, thoughts, reasonings, and theories that don't agree with God's word requires us to use our offensive weapon, the word of God coming out of our mouth. When we speak it, it becomes a two-edged sword that defeats the enemy with one edge and opens blessings of heaven with the other. Come on. I call it being an energy ninja (laughs) or like being a sniper in the spirit, right? There are many weapons that are defensive, but the word is offensive. It chases the enemy, driving him back. So powerful. So like any other principle in God's word, this will not work if it's not applied. It doesn't help you to just know it. You've got to do it. You've got to work it. Just knowing it doesn't change anything. Faith is active. Obedience is active. It must be released. And when we can release God's word through prayer, through confessing his word out loud and taking God-inspired action, we are blessed in the doing, not just the knowing. James 2.17 says, faith without works is dead is dead. So do not look at confessing God's word out loud as a formula for getting everything that you want. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. Do it in faith, knowing that it pleases God when we agree with his word. Let your heart be to delight God. Enter God's rest concerning the timing of results. God's job is always the timing and the how. A lot of times you've probably noticed the way God does things is not the way we expect but it's better. (laughs) He never fails to do this. Okay. Changes from confessing the word are not going to happen overnight, but gradually you will see changes and it's still something that you want to get better at, right? You can get better and better at verbalizing your faith and speaking in agreement with God, right? God's vibes matter is all about thinking in agreement with God, believing in agreement with God, speaking in agreement with God, behaving in agreement with God, moving by God's revelation, by his spirits, by the dunamis power, power of the spirit of God. That gives you a different energy in life, right? God gives us the will and the desire. (laughs) He empowers us to do what pleases him tells us about that in Philippians, right? In Psalm 45, 1, David said that his tongue was as the pen of a ready writer. And in Proverbs 3, 1, the word states that we should not forget God's laws, but write them on the tablet of our heart. We see from just these two scriptures alone that our heart is the tablet and our tongue is the pen. When we confess God's word out loud, we write it on our own heart and it becomes more firmly established both in our heart and in the earth. So God's word is forever settled in heaven, says this in Psalm 119.89, and we establish it in the earth each time we speak it. We enforce heaven's authority, okay? Really, really think about that. We see a pattern in the book of Romans, which teaches us that in order to be saved, we must believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, right? It says in Romans 10, 9, because if you acknowledge and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and in your heart believe, adhere to, trust in, or rely on the truth that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes 
adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. And so it is justified, declared righteous and acceptable to God. And with the mouth he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. So we should believe and speak, speak and believe. The two work together. Hebrews 4.14 and also Hebrews 10.23 both tell us to hold fast our confession of faith in God. When we hold fast to something, it indicates that something or someone is trying to take it from us. The devil will try to steal our confession by putting wrong thoughts in our minds, hoping the thoughts will produce wrong words that will come out of our mouth. The power of life and death is in the tongue, and we eat the fruit of our words, whether for life or for death. This is sobering as a thought (laughs) and as a truth, right? The enemy will tell us that confessing the word does no good, that it changes nothing. That's why many of us don't do it. He'll cause us to forget to do it or feel lazy and just not want to do it, even though we know we should. He will cause us to get weary of doing it. And he fights anything that will produce good results in our life. Hear that. The enemy fights anything that will produce good results in our lives. Beyond to that. To confess means to say the same thing as. To agree with or assent to. We need to say the same thing God says and get into agreement with God so that his good plan for our lives can come to pass. A lot of times it doesn't because we don't confess it and get into agreement. It's not that it's not possible. We're just not in agreement. A lot of times people would say this is alignment. Okay. 1 Timothy 6.12 instructs us to fight the good fight of faith. We must fight battles and press in to do what God tells us to do. Not what we feel like. (laughs) Isaiah teaches us that the word coming out of God's mouth, which I believe can be also our mouths dedicated to God, will not return void. It accomplishes what it was sent to do. The word of God is a seed, and when we release it in the earth, we see good results. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, But water the earth and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect. But it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Okay, so if you knew that what you spoke out of your mouth was going to produce fruit, you'd pay attention. Because that actually is what's happening. So when you're speaking things, even negative things, it produces fruit. So look around at what you see in your life. Start speaking different. Confess differently. We are God's representatives in the earth. His mouthpieces. And we are instructed by the Apostle Paul to imitate him. Be imitators, right? As he has called us to be his representatives, we should speak his word just the same way as he would. We should speak it boldly with authority, believing it has power to change our lives and our circumstances. If we don't believe it, we won't confess it. This principle has been life-changing for me personally, and there were times when I let it slip away, but Holy Spirit was always faithful to really put it on my spirit and remind me to confess his word. And there's seasons when I spend more time than usual confessing God's word out loud, yet I can say with certainty it's been a regular part of my daily life, okay? And I don't believe that I would be 
even doing some of the things that I'm doing without this, I know for a fact I would not be. (laughs) I know the difference between applying Bible to my life and not doing it night and day. Living by the Spirit of God and not living by the Spirit of God. Okay? It's so, so important. Scriptures help us in our life. Okay? It says in this scripture, listen to this. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise and behold, a shaking and trembling and a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. So I prophesied as he he commanded me and the breath and spirit came into the bones and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great host. It says this in Ezekiel 37. These scriptures are a striking example of how things can change by prophesying, speaking God's word forth. God's word spoken out of your mouth regularly produces a powerful, victorious life. That's the secret. The power of the word is unleashed when you speak it out. So make a decision to get started today, this year. (laughs) Let that be your game-changing strategy, okay? Proverbs 4.20 said, My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. You can confess the word in any situation, and it will keep your heart alive. Confess it for maintenance or to keep strong in specific areas. And you can and choose to meditate and confess on the word of God in specific areas where you have problems. The word is like medicine, but it's most effective when it's applied properly, right? So if you have a headache, let's say, you just don't go put a Band-Aid on your head, right? If you cut yourself, you don't put an aspirin in the cut, (laughs) right? We know how to apply medicine in the natural, and we should learn to do this spiritually as well, okay? So if you wake up feeling exhausted, you know, exhausted, short-tempered, grouchy. It's not going to help you to listen to a book on prosperity and success. You're not in the right place, right? You need something about walking in love and the fruit of the spirit. You got to have an attitude adjustment. If you apply the word to your life, just as you would medicine to a wound or a sickness, you're going to be amazed at the power which will be unleashed in your life. Okay. So really, really think about this. Come to the word in areas that are are your dry places, okay, or are your wilderness and write out a confession list and start speaking in these areas. Give God something to work with. Get clear on what is possible, what it could look like if God showed up in those areas. Write down all of the scripture of truth for those areas, Okay, a confession list and start speaking God's, excuse me, start speaking God's word. Okay, so let's just take an example that I hear a lot for people. Let's say that it has to do with, man, if I could hear what you guys are saying to me. Okay, a lot of times it's prosperity, finances, right? and giving, especially this time of the year after the holidays when people spent all the monies, okay? So here's an example of a confession list for that, okay? I would just title it something like that, prosperity, finances, and giving, and then I'd just rattle it off. I just read it out like this, and you can start doing the same. 
I remember the Lord my God, for it is he who gives me the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to my forefathers. Deuteronomy 8.18. The Lord shall command the blessing upon me in my storehouse, and in all that I undertake. The Lord makes me to have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of my body. He blesses me in the land which he gives me. Deuteronomy 28.8. I am like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything I do shall prosper and come to maturity. Psalm 1-3, because I seek, inquire of, and require the Lord by my right of need and on the authority of his word, I shall not lack any beneficial thing. Psalm 34-10, when I bring all these tithes, the whole tenth of my income, into the storehouse, that there may be food in God's house, the Lord of hosts will open up the windows of heaven for me and pour me out such a blessing that there won't even be room enough to receive it. Malachi 3-10, when I give to the needy, I do not let my left hand know what my right hand is doing so that my giving may be in secret. Then my father who sees what is done in secret will reward me. Matthew 6, 3. I do not store up for myself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but I store up for myself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. Matthew 6, 19, I give and gifts are given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For with the measure I deal out, with the measure I use when I confer benefits on others, it will be measured back to me. Luke 6, 38, my prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorable offering before God. Acts 10, 5, I keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love others. Romans 13, 8, if I sow sparingly and grudgingly, I will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And if I sow generously that blessings may come to someone, I also reap generously and with blessings. I give as I have made up on my own mind and purposed in my heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion for God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is willing to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. My God will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Philippians 4, 19. God wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. 3 John 2. Okay? God's word spoken out of your mouth regularly produces a powerful, victorious life. Make a decision to write a confession list and speak it every day, multiple times a day, okay, if you can. Now, <laughs> the third thing that I encourage you to do is to embrace 21 days of prayer and fasting. So something that I often do is I like to do a fast the first three days of every month, and I love to do it at the beginning of the year, 21 days. So from January 2nd to the 22nd is a time of prayer and fasting, 21 days, okay? And you can also do this when you really want spiritual breakthrough, right? When you've noticed that you're not confessing the word, when you're not studying the word, when you're not spending time with God, when you're not keeping the main thing the main thing, I purpose myself to do a prayer and fast because I'm letting other things get in the way. And really, why? Why? <laughs> 
I'm almost just giving the devil place. And so I position myself to shift all of that through prayer and fasting. Okay, so according to the Bible, fasting is part of a believer's lifestyle. It's not seasonal or optional, but it's a normal aspect of our lives, just like breathing or exhaling, right? In Matthew 6, 16, Jesus said, when you fast, not if you fast or if you want to fast, Jesus referred to fasting in normal everyday context because it quite simply and clearly is part of everyday life for a believer, okay? So fasting is a demonstration of your faith. It's an intentional pursuit of freedom towards a goal or an outcome. And it's a literal spiritual transaction where you're prioritizing taking authority over your life and your flesh, and seeking God with seriousness. So we approach fasting with expectation that something is going to happen as a result of that fast. So clarity, strength, (laughs) vitality, energy, life, right? Wisdom. There's so much that can happen, okay? Now, it's important to fast in faith, right? Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you, right? Also, ask without faith, it's impossible to please God. So fasting is not a technology to manipulate God. It's a key to really draw closer to him. So when your flesh is what's had control in your life, when you're just drawn to and flow, to and flow, <laughs> to and fro by these fleshly impulses and instant gratifications and desires. You have no discipline. You have no focus. Fasting breaks the hold of your flesh so that your spirit gets louder and stronger. Okay. And we must fast, fast in faith, fully expecting outcomes and breakthrough because God is faithful. So What fasting does, just to give you an idea, it increases discernment of God's will for your life and the Holy Spirit's leading. It increases your authority in the spirit, makes room for deliverance from difficult strongholds. It gives you financial protection. It maximizes success. It helps you get comebacks and come-ups. It helps you receive revelation and understanding of God's word. It expedites physical and mental healing. It brings supernatural protection. It expedites answers to your prayers. And often there's public rewards for your private relationships. So there's scripture connected to all that. I've actually made a fasting guide. So if that is something that you want, we can make sure to make that resource available for you. It is inside our free Courage Co. community, www.courageco.org. We have a whole section that's called the Courage Co. Daily Five. So you can go in there. It's all about prayer, meditating, so many beautiful things. So you can go in there, okay? And there's a few options of how you can fast. So there's the Daniel fast. That might be one that you're familiar with, but that's fruits and vegetables and grains and no sugar, dairy, sweets, or meats. So a lot of times too, what you have to look out for with the Daniel fast is dressings and different things that you would use. You want to be really as bland as possible here. And then you're spending a lot of time, power, prayers, and worship from a place of holiness, purity, right? And you're really taking care to anchor your requests and petitions in scripture. So the Daniel fast is one fast. Another fast is you can fast from 5 to 5, from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then you can have one sensible meal. You can still almost do like a Daniel type meal, a Daniel plan meal for dinner. Another fast is just fruits, vegetables, and liquids only. 
So no time restrictions on that, but it can be just fruits and vegetables and liquids. And then another one is liquid only, liquid only. Okay, so you can decide what you want to do over the 21 days, but those are some methods that you can do. And during that time, you're positioning yourself to study the word, right? Because we don't live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of God's mouth. So you position yourself to seek the Lord with seriousness. You study his word. You develop your confession list. You declare your confessions, your confession list daily, multiple times a day. You pray, you journal, you create space for God to show up. Okay, you worship and then you're not spending as much time, obviously, focused on eating. Okay, so fasting the biblical way is not doing a social media detox or removing soda from your diet. Okay, it is actually some of these things that we just described here. Okay, so those are some things that we really can embrace this year that are game changing strategies. Okay. Meditate on the word. Heed the warning to be unoffendable. There are so many reasons to get offended every day, and the devil knows exactly how to send weak and wounded your people people your way. Okay? You got to decide that you're not available for it. Sure, he'll send them. You're just not available, and this is what you do when that happens. You don't match their energy. You meet them in love and professionalism and keep it moving. If they can't receive it, that's not your job. You give your best working unto the Lord and you shake it off and keep it moving, okay? It is not worth your energy and your life. Go and focus on the people that can receive you. Decide to be uh, unoffendable, but in advance, okay? Meditate on the word. Get clear. Make it plain. Make it plain. Even if you've been hurt, try again. This time with God, okay? Then... Confess the word instead of murmuring, instead of complaining, instead of asking weak questions that never give you answers, confess the word. Don't let the enemy manipulate you with fear and lies. Start talking back. And then lastly, embrace prayer and fasting as a lifestyle. This is such a powerful way to mature in your spiritual life and develop spiritual disciplines, right? And remain close to God no matter what what. Okay. We are doing something in Courage Co. this upcoming week. Let me pull out a calendar here. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. On the 10th at 12 p.m. Central Time, we are doing a Courage Co. small group kickoff call. So we have five different small groups that we offer every single week with different leaders, different topics. So if you really want to have fellowship, community, Bible study, devotional time, activations, this is a great space to do that. Courage Co. is dedicated to your personal growth and your spiritual development. The connections and the fellowship that happens there is beautiful. It's divinely orchestrated. You are welcome. You are invited to join. If you want to meet the leaders and learn about the groups, you can join us on that live call. It's under events inside Courage Co. You can access it www.courageco.org and find out about those groups. We also have prayer calls every other Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. So our next prayer call will be January 3rd. You are welcome to join us. You just get inside Courage Go. You create a unique login because it is a private app that you can have on your phone or access from a desktop. 
it's off social media on purpose. So you don't just get swept up into distractions, but you can join us. So you'll just create a username, a password, a unique profile so people can see a photo of you, learn a little bit about you and connect with you. And then you can join us in all of the free things. And we also have other ways to invest in your growth and development over there as well. So if you haven't joined us yet, come join us in Courage Co. Get plugged into a small group. That's a beautiful way to cultivate and develop your spiritual life. All right. Until next time, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop, literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free, for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together, or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook, and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire walking into any situation fully confident knowing you have everything you need to succeed embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease feeling only love and compassion for others no matter how they may have hurt you in the past standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in you're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible 
with God.